the One Two Football Podcast. The voices of tomorrow here today. Hey guys, welcome back to the One Two Football Podcast. I'm Nathan, and today we're talking about all of football's top superstars and what their future holds. As usual, I'm joined by Ollie and Kieran. So, firstly, how are you guys getting on? Better than I expected to be, considering the 3-1 loss to Leicester. Um, but, you yeah, know, I feel like Man United, in a way, it could be a blessing in disguise. We're not going to talk about massives about it, but I feel like it could be in the way that... I know we just beat Man City, and I know I'm pretty sure the last time we played, I think when we played Chelsea, it was a dull nil-nil draw. So, kind of the hardest two teams left in it, we kind of have got a bit of a track record against in the last couple of games. But they look like different teams, I feel like, now. I can't see United beating... Man City twice. I can't see us, you know, beating to share who's on what, 14 games or whatever unbeaten. So I feel like we're never going to win the tournament. And, you know, we're still in Europa and we're still in the Premier League, still want to get that second place. So it gives us that sort of respite to kind of get those two, well, you know, get the other, uh, focus our attention elsewhere. But yeah, it's not the easiest one to take. But like I said, bit of a, I can see positives in it. I'm trying to take the positives. Trying to take uh, the I mean, positives. You have to win the Europa League now. You can't, can't be going on. Oh yeah, no. If Just we go second place, that's not good enough. If we, out, if we drop out of the Europa League now, I'm going to be crying about the Leicester defeat. But you know, <laughs> for the moment, it could be a positive. Keeping up a positive weekend, weekend, weekend for you. For you, Kieran, with the Tottenham getting their first win in a while. We won't talk about the Europa League. For what you. do you mean in a while? <laughs> We've had two two games. It was like it was ages. And they were just quite bad. That's that's all everyone remembers. Before, you, do you know what? Actually, in the last five league games we've played, we've won four, which is like the best form. Oh. Like one of the best, so, you know. People, people just—I I don't don't want to say it overreact because it was absolutely humiliating. Um, but, but it's all right. We move international break, three points off the back of it, and similar to what Ollie said, could be a blessing in disguise. You know, three points off top four. All it takes is one team to mess up. We haven't got that horrible Thursday Sunday schedule anymore. So fingers crossed. Jose's tricky whites. You, you said it. Champions League football. You said it's been a bit more upbeat for uh, Tottenham in the last couple of days. It's been upbeat them for a while. I mean, Joe Hart seemed to be well happy after their defeat. So, you know, everyone's been <laughs> happy. Wow. Oh, that, that's a good one, actually. Because I, I remember Ollie smiling uh, in his post-match interview. There's a, there's a perfect screenshot where he's just smiling after losing 3-1. I thought you were about me. I thought you were about me smiling. I was like, post-match? You watching? To answer your question, though, I'm... Yeah. Right, perfect. Today, we're going to be talking about, as I said, all things football superstars, so Messi, Ronaldo, Harland, and kind of what their future holds, because they're in, they're in a bit of a diff- different position to probably what they were a few years back. So let's get into it. Right, so to kick things off, uh, I guess we'll start with the the one out of the three that Nathan mentioned, who is seemingly destined for a move elsewhere. Um, Someone with certainly age on his side, which is Erling Haaland, uh, currently at Borussia Dortmund, um, absolutely tearing up that league, um, basically got them into the the next round of the Champions League, um, scored both goals in their draw at the weekend. Um, But what what he also did um, in that game was storm off at full-time, taking his shirt off and he didn't look too pleased. Um, I don't want to read too much into that as a, as a sign of he wants to leave immediately. But Ollie, I mean, surely, surely soon, this summer or the following summer, Haaland's on his way elsewhere. I mean, I heard he went down the tunnel, got on the planes, heading to Manchester. Hopefully for United. <laughs> uh, no, you know, he's, 
I'd say he looks like he's got to be going to, and if it's the Premier League, then Chelsea or either Manchester club. It. I know um, Chelsea has been in the headlines like what a couple of weeks back that they were the club to get him, and I'm pretty sure um, didn't they only come out and say that he's their number one signing, that he's going to do everything he can to get them. Um, I mean, anyone should. He's a world-class player. He's going to be probably the best player in the world. And if you're saying to me, him or Mbappe, I'd pick Haaland just because of the sort of player that he is. I'd, I just think he's better. And I think he's more needed for Manchester United. Um, so, yeah, I mean, for me, he looks like the ideal replacement for Aguero. He's kind of that strong presence. He's kind of got that clinical finishing. And he's got pace, which Aguero kind of has always had before he got injured. I know he's died off in pace recently because he's got older. But, I mean, he kind of seems like the ideal. But, I mean, Sky Sports I saw yesterday were on about Man City getting Danny Ings or whatever. So, I mean... I'm not really sure if they would get both of them, so I hope they buy Ings, because then that'll be one less suitor kind of for, for Haaland. But for Chelsea, I'll do Man United last, but for Chelsea, I kind of feel like he's the combination of... I know that he's way better than this, but he is kind of the combination sort of the sort of ability he's got of Giroud and Abraham mixed. He's got the aerial presence and the strength of Giroud and the sort of the pace that Abraham kind of has. So he's kind of the this sort of the striker that I feel like they could need. I feel like all these teams need Haaland in one way or another, but Man United, he's worked with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer before. I know, obviously, his dad played for Man City, so it's a bit, you know, what's going to happen there, but United need him. I feel like United are begging for him, especially if Cavani goes. We need someone in the box. I said a couple of weeks back how Martial doesn't stay in the box enough, and I'm pretty sure it was one point in the Leicester game where... We were on the attack. There was not a single person in the box. We got it out wide. We looked like we need to get it in the box. And there wasn't anyone there. I know Cavani's done that more. And he's done that. But he's just too old. And if he does leave, he's been great. He's been great. I'm not going to say that. But I mean, and I said he would do well, Cavani. But he's too injury prone. He's clearly, you know, age is getting the better of him. And, you know, his dad linked him away. So I really want him to go to United. And I'm pretty sure he's not even that expensive with his bio clause. And is it 60 something million pounds or something? I could be completely off base there. But I mean, I think it's something like that. I can't fully remember. Brooks, look out! So an absolute bargain. Absolute bargain. If it's sixty-five million pounds, I think it's something around that area. That's an absolute bargain in modern-day football. I know coronavirus obviously is going to lower the prices for certain players, but yeah, he, I, I honestly think he will leave this summer, and I think he will go to Man City, Man United, or Chelsea. Uh, I feel like the Premier League. Seventy-five million active oh. next next year. Still a bargain, still a bargain, whatever it is. So, yeah, I mean, I'd love for him to go to Manchester United. And I don't know why. I'm feeling quietly confident. And I don't know if it's because, obviously, I know it's a big jump to say he's going to join because Ollie's coached him before. But I know Ollie, and I know he said in the interview that he kind of he keeps in contact with him regularly. And I think, you know, connections in football is a massive bonus when you go in for players. And I mean, I think Man United being second place, I feel like he, it, it might be quite appealing to him to come into a club and be thought of that, the main person to build a team around. I think he might quite like that. Um, so you never know. But if we don't get him, then we have to get Sancho or someone else of that talent to move the club going forward. But yeah, it'll be an interesting one. I think with, with Haaland, it, it's interesting because football-wise, Man United probably is the most viable move for him. I, I could see him going Chelsea, but Manchester United seems the most viable move. But, but I don't know Harden, none of us do. But like morally, his dad, he's a massive Leeds fan. His dad is a Man City player whose career was ended at Old Trafford by a Manchester United player. So has that, does he want to move to Man United? I mean, I don't know how much that applies in football, kind of that personal feeling towards teams. 
I can, if, if we're not going to talk about England, I can see him going to like Real Madrid. I mean, Real Madrid have always had a sort of star-heavy recruitment style. It's the Galacticos. They've always wanted to bring big players in. And, and Haaland fits that bill. I don't think they've ever really thought too much about, oh, we've got this player here, we've got this player, we've got Benzema, we've got so on and so forth. Because they just want the big stars. And, and Haaland, I mean, is there a bigger star than him coming up in, in young football in terms of someone that not only stands out on the pitch, but stands out off the pitch in terms of just how, without being rude, how weird he is with, with like his interviews and how quietly kind of charismatic he is. The whole stuff with the severe stuff. I mean, he he is not just a footballer; he's also a very big character, and and that's I think that says a lot for for his potential, not just in football but in marketing. And um, so I can see him going around Madrid to be honest. If he's not going to go to um, a Man United or Chelsea, I mean, Real Madrid. I don't know. Again, I don't know the financial situation, but. I'm sure they can afford 75 million, especially if they offload like one or two sort of fringe players. I'm not sure what you think, Kieran, of Haaland's future, but I could definitely see him up in Spain. I mean, the man, the man is a goal-scoring machine. There's no doubt about that. Um, of the the likelihood of those moves, you think of the United one, and you you think of you know previous occasions where it's been a bit. It's sometimes a club when it comes to spending money run like a business, um, and you know we can talk till the cows come out about the Glazers and everything they've done and the lack of ambition from above. And I think that that definitely holds Man United back in terms of buying big players. You know, Jaden Sancho, prime example. It looked destined to happen, and it didn't. You know, Man City. I'm from what I remember entered the Ruben Diaz negotiations. About three days before they signed him, they've just got that ability to go, how much do you want? Done. How much do you want to be paid? Done. And, you know, I think that that pull of it as well is, is huge. You look at that Man City squad already and kind of the only place where you think, yeah, you definitely need some sort of improvement there is a main centre forward. Aguero's struggling with, with injuries and, and I can see maybe him kind of running his contract down and, Possibly going back to Argentina, where he's closer to home, maybe because I, I, I remember in the documentary he says it sometimes gets quite lonely over there, and I imagine it's been quite bad for him when he's not playing either. Gabriel Jesus is is someone who Guardiola trusts, no doubt. Names it's De Bruyne or Silva or Sterling is a false nine with interchanging with the wingers, and you think if you just add Haaland straight up top there, that's you sorted for the next five six years and. Man City look close to winning the Champions League at the moment, I'd say. Um, so to to add Haaland to that, my God, um, they'd be a different beast. And that's quite terrifying. You, you look at Chelsea as well, there's talks of a Werner swap deal. I don't think he's really interested in that. Um, Tuchel seemingly building something very good there at the moment. And I don't know if Haaland would perfectly fit into his plans, but do you then make room for someone of that calibre? So if you look at, for me, those three Premier League clubs, um, I think in terms of financial uh, and in terms of what it would also suit best, I think Man City is is the obvious one, really. You say about, I just want to jump in here, you say about the Glazers and I'm by no means going to say like, you know, I want them to stay as everyone said, everything that you can say possibly about the ownership of the club. but. When it comes to Jane Sancho, everyone was distraught. I was distraught when we didn't sign him. You know, he's a great player. But I've read some of the other day, and, and I, I agree with it. I think it could be really, like, clever of what they did. I know I'm not saying, like, it was disappointment. It was. But his price now, 
has dropped significantly. Masses amount. Yeah, I saw like everyone, you know, everyone knows that Dortmund need to raise money. Their financial situation isn't great and they need to offload players and they've set price tags for certain players. And Jaden Sancho's price tag has dropped from quite a fair bit. Substantial amount of money has dropped of his, uh, you know, the amount he's worth. So it could it have been just really clever work by United's board? I mean, they obviously said, you know, well, look, we're not going to pay that amount of money. And to me, that's kind of good showing up we have a backbone. For years, we were the club that kind of went, just set your t price tag, we will pay it. We will pay it. But now we seem the sort of club that's not going to be bullied in negotiations. They said, we'll pay this. We said, no, we'll pay this. And I feel like that could be quite a positive going forward. Because clubs know they can't just demand ridiculous amounts of money. We're still going to pay a lot. But we're not going to be just saying, yeah, look, you write the check, we'll sign it. It's an interesting point. I think it works the other way, though. Sorry. <laughs> a bit of lag there. Sorry. You were talking. Sorry. You go, Kieran. You go. <laughs> I, knew, I knew mine was bad as soon as it... <laughs> no, I, I, I think it works the other way, though. You say about how the money is... Of, of having a backbone in negotiations. I also think it's just a... Dortmund said their price from the off and they didn't change on it and the, the bids and the negotiations sounded like they just got more and more insulting um, and yeah it could be a, a masterstroke of a of genius from the board that the following season or the season after his price is reduced but I mean that's the beauty of hindsight isn't it you, you probably could have guessed that a lot of players prices would go down just because of the current climate we're in but you, I don't think you take that risk in the moment where you're thinking of, oh, let's let's not do it this time. Let's do it next time when he's cheaper. I think that's just kind of how it's worked out. Um, I just I just think that the negotiation wise, it just needs to be more clear and better. And but we don't know it wasn't. I think that's where it. We don't know it. We don't know it wasn't clear. All we know is what papers say. And I know we're journalists, and you know we want to do this, but papers lie all the time. No one knows apart from the two clubs. That, that doesn't lie. Deal. That were handling the deal that what is that actually went on and we know that everyone knows that Dortmund said this is the price that you have until this date to get the deal done but at the same time United didn't budge we said look we'll go this we'll go ever so slightly higher but we're not going to what you're asking and to me that kind of is a positive for me and also I know you said hindsight is a massive thing and we wouldn't have known this when it happened but I can't see us talking about Haaland going to Manchester United if we're inside Sancho because I don't think with the financial situation we'd have the money to do so so if we do sign Haaland I don't think if we looked back a year earlier and we had Sancho we wouldn't have the funds to you know do that move so I think both it was yeah okay I obviously the ownership isn't great but I think the backbone that we're kind of showing in the transfer market is good I think we're proving that we're not just going to be you know like I said here the check sign it but at the same time I feel like the deal falling through if we do sign Harlem that is could be a massive bonus if you look back on it because I don't think we'd sign both players a year after each other yeah, I don't think it was some sort of like mastermind decision from the Glazers to go right let's just wait and hope you know Dortmund lose all this money and we can get him cheaper. But one thing I was going to thinking of it, it, it's going to be interesting to see how Manchester United approach transfers now, and because obviously they've got people in charge of that, of that department now, Darren Fletcher and I can't remember the other John Mur, John something, but he's in charge. He's in charge of the, the transfers, or, or he's in charge of the football side of things. But how much sway will they have, and, and do you think that will genuinely affect Manchester United transfer business in a positive way? I like to think that it will actually have it and that it's not just kind of a, a pretty face to sort of hide the issues. I don't want it just to be Woodward still in the background pulling the strings and they're kind of just a face of the transfer um, deals going on. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see, like you said, no one knows how that's going to work. United haven't had that before. 
um, as far as I'm aware. So it'll be an interesting one to see, but I think it can only be a positive. If it's still Woodward in the background pulling the strings, then nothing's changed. The only difference it can be is that he's got less of a, a pull over what's going on and that the, you know, the board are going to work as the new positions to get deals done. And like I said, I feel like this could be an interesting transfer window. If it isn't, then something's got to change because United can't keep going the way it is. But, you know, Glazers, one of them was selling their shares the other day. And I know that money isn't going into the club, but it still means that they have less of a, a hold over the club going, in, you know, going forward. So it's only a matter of time until I think the club does get sold. And I say a matter of time, it's still going to be several years. But, um, you know, any step forward to getting them out is, is a positive in my mind. Mm. Well, it should be interesting to see where, where Haaland ends up. I think it probably will be one of those three clubs. And maybe we can look back on, on this in a few years and say we were right. From a future Ballon d'Or winner to a serial winner of that trophy and many, many more, we're going to talk about Lionel Messi. His future has been up in the air a lot recently. Um, will he leave? Will he stay at Barcelona? So, you know... Nathan, where do you think he's actually going to go? A lot's been said. He nearly left in the summer. Do you think he'll leave this summer? I don't know. I, I, honestly, I, I don't know. It's become a lot more skewed because of the um, the new president of Barcelona. Uh, I think his name's Laporta or something like that. But the other guy, Barcelona, the guy who got arrested, uh, that, they had a real problem, him and Messi. Did they, well, they did not get along. If he was still in charge now, and obviously he wouldn't be in charge if he got arrested, but if he, that hadn't happened, Messi, I would say it's pretty much conclusive that Messi will play for a different side come next year. But now with with sort of Barcelona seemingly got at least sort a sort of idea of where they're moving on next, because Barcelona for years have been stuck in this weird limbo of bad transfer business and not really knowing how to move on from the glory days as such. And, and Messi has been the consistently good thing about Barcelona, but there's been so many bad things that it, it's still it's still up in the air because Barca, I don't. Are they going to win the league this year? I'm not sure. I don't think they will. I think Atletico is Atletico's to lose. Um, and then that Man City connection is so strong. And, and Man City are the only club that can afford him, aside from PSG. But I don't see him going PSG, to be honest. I, the Man City don't got that connection with Pep, where Messi did play his best football. And the, the idea of, you know, the question... I, I don't think the question of can Messi do it in other leagues is... I don't think it's a relevant question. Because Messi's been doing it at the, at the highest level for ages now. But... I mean, if he if he ever feels like he needs to get that chip off his shoulder, go Man City, go to the current best team in England and prove to everyone that that you're the best. You know, you're the best ever to, to the people that aren't that I don't already know. So it's an interesting one. I, I can see him going to Man City, but I think if Barcelona have a strong start to the summer window, then I could see him staying as well. I think it's an interesting one because for me. I've always thought that Barcelona is messy. One goes with the other. It's kind of like the perfect duo, you know what I mean? And I feel like if Messi leaves, kind of Barcelona's identity, I know it's a massive statement to say their whole identity relies on one player, but it kind of does in my mind. Barcelona is Messi and Messi is Barcelona. So if one, if Messi goes, where are Barcelona left? But at the same time, is that what... I know Messi has been the best player for, for a decade, for ages, but... Is that what they're waiting for? Do they need to kind of offload Messi to start a new chapter? Is that something that maybe they do need? Because like you said, they're kind of stuck in limbo. They're kind of like just going back and forth. They're not really improving. So maybe getting rid of Messi and getting rid of sort of that, like the one star player and kind of creating a new team 
you know, with the new youth coming through. Maybe that's what they're actually begging for. And I know that'll be tough for like, Barcelona to take. And I, I imagine a lot of people listening right now will be going, what are you chatting? But, you know, you see sometimes that they do, maybe they do just need, and it's happened in the past other teams, they need to get rid of that star player, the player that they've relied on for so long, to sort of get the other players to sort of wake up. Don't know what you think, Gary. Well, I think, I think you're, you're, somewhat, you're somewhat right about that. It's a good point in that sometimes a painful rebuild is what's necessary. And... Messi, as bizarre as this sounds, could be the thing clamping that down. Um, I still think that while you still can, you should build the team around him. Um, I, I really do. I just think he's... I, well, I think we all think, and we all know he's, he's a special footballer. Um, once in a generation kind of talent. I just think... And that last summer, I think, was probably the, the biggest test of him staying or leaving. You know, I, I I firmly see now that Messi could be at Barcelona till the end of his career. And if it's not till the end of his career, then you expect your sort of one or two seasons in the MLS or back, back in Argentina or possibly um, in the Middle East. You know, you, joining up with the likes of Xavi, um, people like that, you, you can never be sure. But in terms of top five European leagues, I don't think he's going anywhere else other than Barcelona. Um, it's just about what they do when that does happen and when the time comes that he does leave. Because, you know, for the last few seasons, they've fallen at significant hurdles when it comes to European honours. Um, and it, a lot of that is down to, arguably, the, the people behind Messi. You look at those ties against Roma and Liverpool put themselves in a great position to go through. And then it was the complacency in the second leg that cost them ultimately. Um, and so I just think now in terms of his future, however many years he does have left, uh, I can only see them being spent um, in Catalonia, really. I agree that I do think the closest he got to ever leaving obviously was last summer. And I mean, I, I never thought he would leave. And when that happened, I was like, this is massive. But I feel like... The rocky relationship he had, I don't think he's ever going to have that again. So I don't feel like he's ever going to get that close to leaving on bad terms. Maybe, like you said, just going to the MLS. But I don't know. For me, it kind of just seems a bit strange. And I know that he is obviously one of the, if not the best player in the world. And he is obviously a massive part of Barcelona, like I've already said. But the presidential sort of election was massive around Messi. Everyone was saying, look, we're going to keep Messi. If I elect me, I'll keep Messi. Elect me if I'll keep Messi. Here, here, here. But... Is that what you want? Isn't? Do you think it could be quite bad, Nathan, that, you know, everything is revolving around Messi? The club has to have an identity outside of an individual player. If a club is just basing it on that, then is there issues? I think that's what, it's what you said. Messi is Barcelona, Barcelona is Messi. I think that doesn't stem from any fault of Messi's or, or anything like that. I think it's the fault of just terrible recruitment, bad management. Barcelona should have gone for a rebuild before with Messi involved but it doesn't but just because Messi's there doesn't mean you can't re rebuild a lot of Valverde's success at Barcelona because he had I mean he had a, actually not a bad time at Barcelona um and went domestically at least was was due to just kind of relying on Messi and not actually building much of a team and they've been very haphazard with a lot of their signings it, it just they've, they've sort of brought players for the sake of buying them. it's like they want why now you know I get Coman's in charge who firstly I don't think he should be in charge of Barcelona I mean he's doing all right but I don't think Coman is that standard manager but, you know, why they want one out. It's like, when does this, how does this benefit Barcelona in any way, in any form of rebuild? They're, they're, I know they've got the likes of Antifati coming through, but they, a lot has declined with their youth system. 
as of late, obviously everyone knows about Lamassio and how important that that ha- has been. But I, I, did, I think for a long time that they've been kind of drawn into the, the Real Madrid, as I was talking about earlier, the Real Madrid style of recruitment. This name's available. Let's get him. Let's get him. Let's get him. Instead of actually thinking about right, we've had this glory days at the Tiki Taka with Pep. Let's get a manager with an identity and let's get him behind it. So the managers they're hiring, they don't have that identity. I think, mate, and it, it kind of fits there. And they, they have to be like former players. That's the only time where I can see Xavi getting in and possibly then it starts working. If not, I think Barcelona need to rebuild from the top and with this new president in charge, hopefully they can find that new identity and, and re- reinvent themselves with Messi. Because if you've got a great team and Messi, then yeah, that all might be put you in the top three teams in the world. So they, they need to rebuild from not just on the pitch, but off the pitch as well. I mean, you're on about rebuild. What better way to rebuild than, you know, getting, you know, uh, a player that's ageing than a player that's coming into its own in, in Mbappe. I mean, he, to me, is the closest player to Messi. I know they're both, I'm not just saying this because they're both small with quick feet, but I mean, Haaland isn't like Messi. I feel like Mbappe's the closest sort of big name youngster that's coming up that is close to Messi. So... Kieran, do you think that I know he's been linked with Real Madrid? I can't see him going to Barcelona, but would he, do you think he would be the ideal signing for them? Um, I, I think Mbappe would be the ideal signing for anyone. Really, he's just got that that talent. Um, in terms of whether they'll do it, I think it's it's a questionable one. As has Barca's recruitment been a questionable one? You know, they've they've signed two previous Frenchmen uh, in Dembele and Griezmann and they have not gone well at all. Um, those big price tags and, and things like that have have heaped a lot of pressure on them. But you look at Amata, he starred on the European stage most recently, you know, against Barcelona at the at the Camp Nou. So, you know, I, I think he's, he's a different level of player compared to Griezmann and, and Dembele and signing him would be a huge, huge statement. Um, but then I'm not sure if you want to want to take that, not necessarily risk with it, but I think the focus needs to be elsewhere for Barcelona right now. Um, they've got a, plenty of youngsters coming through in those positions as well. Ansu Fati, obviously injured at the moment, but a fantastic player. Pedri is is coming into his own ever so slightly. There's a few, I think Trincao as well. I'm not perfectly clued in on my Barcelona youth players, but from what I know, there's, there's a fair few good ones. So I think for them right now, the focus does need to be on building foundations from the back um, because, you know, soon they're, they're going to enter the phase of we're just here to outscore you, you know. When you look at their previous European ties, they do concede a lot of goals. So I think that's kind of where the focus needs to be to begin with. Um, but signing Mbappe, if they can do that and build, you know, the foundations from the back, then, my God, they'd be a different beast, you know, including Messi as well because... He's someone who almost just doesn't seem in decline. You know, obviously he's probably not the quickest he is, but the dribbling ability and the quick feet and the the football brain, you know, that's that's not deteriorating. So I, I think the focus does first need to be on defending um, and what they can do there. You know, you, you want someone like Piol again, just someone who is just an absolute beast, a commander at the back. Um, and then Messi can do his things that like we could be talking about Barcelona back-to-back Champions Leagues again quite easily. So moving on from Lionel Messi to someone that has, has followed him for his entire career in terms of being the best in the world, Cristiano Ronaldo, obviously currently at Juventus, it's expected that he will remain there. But I mean, they've just not been good this season. You know, the humiliating loss to Benevento, the 
struggling Champions League. Because he got knocked out by struggling Champions League. He got knocked out of the Champions League by, by Porto, which was one of the big shocks of, of the last few years. So, and, and this surely isn't what Ronaldo wants, Oli. So, what, what do you, you think is going to happen next for, for Cristiano? I mean, I know that it was announced this, uh, this or last week, I think, or over the weekend, that he will remain at Juventus um, next season. Um, well, that's what the board want anyway. Uh, obviously, Ronaldo hasn't necessarily said he's going to say it. I know he did tweet out saying that he's still got a lot left to win, so it does imply that he will remain there. Uh, but I just can't see him staying there and then retiring there or going back to Portugal or MLS to sort of retire. I can see him going to another big club. And I feel like that's definitely going to happen because I just I don't see him sort of winning as many trophies as he wants in his final big chance at Juventus. I mean, it's obviously not going well this season and I can't see them winning the Champions League next season and I can't see him wanting to retire until he gets another Champions League under his belt. So I think he's destined to return to either Real Madrid or Manchester United. Um, I would say probably Real Madrid, uh, more so than Manchester United, only because I feel like he... Ronaldo sort of relates Manchester United with Sir Alex Ferguson and I feel like he's always said how Sir Alex Ferguson was kind of his father figure in football. He was the sort of person that helped him get to where he is now and he's, uh, I know he thanks him a lot for his career. So, I mean, I can't see him returning to Manchester United um, without Ferguson in charge, which obviously he isn't and he's not going to be. I mean, it would be amazing if he does return. But, um, yeah, I just can't see him going back to United because I feel like Ferguson was the person that made United United for him. So I don't think he would return. I mean, Zinedine Zidane's still at Real Madrid um, currently. I mean, I know he, he leaves a lot and then he joins again. So, I mean, I can see him return to Real Madrid. Uh, I'd love for him to return to Manchester United as a player, uh, as, an, as a fan. I mean, I'm not a player of my United, but as a fan, <laughs> I'd love for him to return. But like I said, I can't see him joining Manchester United um, seeing as Ferguson is no longer there. Um, but you never know. But one thing is for sure in my mind, he will not be at Juventus for many more years, maybe one more season. But I can't see him retiring there and I can't see him leaving Juventus to go to sort of, you know, that sort of retiring stage of his career. I think he wants to go to one more club to win to win big. I mean, it's interesting. I think it kind of depends. Obviously, if you, you might notice, guys, on the video, we have lost Kiri. Like, the internet's got the better of him today. But um, it, it's interesting with Ronaldo. How long is he going to go? You know, how long is left in Ronaldo? Because I, I can't see him retiring in the next five years. So he's where does he... He's insane. I mean, I know we said about Messi, how, you know, sort of he's he's not really losing it, like his football brain, maybe a bit of pace here and there, and the same can go for Ronaldo. But those two players just seem, you know, like they're, they're controlling age. Age isn't getting the better of them. They must have some secret serum or something, but they just look both in amazing physical condition. And I think that is great for them obviously it's great for football fans but I mean for the likes of Haaland and Mbappe it just makes it harder for them to you know win the Ballon d'Or they they might not win until they're 30 because Ronaldo and Messi might keep going on to their 50 years of age or something but they're, they're in amazing physical form so yeah I mean like I said I can see the two players going on for definitely two maybe three maybe even four more years sort of in big Europe teams. Yeah, I, I can't see Ronaldo. I think Ronaldo will end up in one of these sort of MLS, Middle East and kind of money moves. But I, I can't see him going back to Man United. I don't think Man United would pay his wages firstly. And I don't, I they couldn't afford it. Um, and I don't think, the, the only other club is Real Madrid. I can't see him going PSG either. So I think if he is going to return anyway, he will return to Real Madrid. Um, 
I can see him going back to Man United once he's made that money making move in kind of one of them Didier Drogba, Thierry Henry type loan deals where he comes back and plays a few games in the FA Cup and, and goes on his way. But I, I, I can't see him going anywhere else but Real Madrid if he is to leave Juve. And I think he definitely will, especially if they don't move on from this kind of disaster that, from disaster they've had this season and poor, poor Andrea Perla who kind of got thrusted into. You say money though, that is the issue from going back to Manchester United. I know that everyone sort of was like Pogba cost loads of money and then if you actually look at it, they actually made money off Pogba because of the sort of the shirt sales and stuff like that. The revenue they'd get for bringing Cristiano Ronaldo back to Manchester United would be huge. So if you think about it financially, it may be possible because of the money that you would make. They would sell so many shirts, so many shirts. Um, so, I mean, I don't think the money would necessarily be an issue if you actually look at the sort of financial impact positively through like the, the set shirt sales and sort of, you know, the, what do you call it? When companies come, what they, what's that called? I've completely- Sponsorship. Yeah, sponsorship, that's the word. I completely went wrong, bang. Sponsorship <laughs> deals that they would get. So, I mean, I don't know about that. I just think it's the fact of Sarah Alex. I feel like, I don't think you can return to a Manchester United that isn't got Sarah Alex, you know, in charge. But talking about going to uh, a retiring sort of team, I feel like I can't see him going to one of the obscure teams. I know China's kind of like not really the place to go currently. They had a massive situation there with like money and stuff. But MLS, I can see it happening. But I feel like because of his son, his son I know plays for Juventus as well. I just feel like he's got to take into consideration his son's future as a footballer. So I can't mm. see him doing one of those obscure moves away. Maybe the MLS, I know he can still play good football there. I can't see him going to one of the, you know, like, you know, when they go to like Qatar or something for money and stuff like that. I can't see him making one of those random moves abroad for money because of his son's future in the game. I feel like he'll pri uh, prioritise that over money. That's a good point to be fair, yeah. No, I possibly, yeah. I mean, I don't know what, what his situation is like in terms of his son and stuff and how, whatever. But I know Ronaldo is very, you know, very hard work. I could see him playing at a high level for, for, for the next five, ten years. He probably... Will remain. It's not. It wouldn't be a move out of like footballing ability. I'm not good enough for this level anymore, so I'm going down to the. It would be, it would be purely financial, but he's going to make that money anyway because it's Cristiano Ronaldo. But it's one of the biggest names in sport. So, I, I mean, wherever he goes, people are going to be watching. And that wraps up the One Two Football podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Um, as as always, we are now available on all major podcasts and social media platforms at either One Two Football or at One Two Football UK. And also take a look at our website, One Two Football.com for all the latest written pieces from our growing list of contributors from around the world. We'll be back next week.